the Dream Mind Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and you're listening to episode 95. You know, we've done something. Well, before I go into that, I want to just say uh, kind of a public service announcement. This episode is being sponsored by our folks, far, our folks, our folks, our folks, the folks over at Slugfest Games. They've got a great game over there called the Red Dragon Inn. It just uh, in August they had a successful Kickstarter project. I know they're going to be starting up another one sometime soon, but they've been very nice to sponsor this episode of Funding the Dream. Go take a look at their website, slugfestgames.com, and be sure to support them for supporting us. This episode, episode 95, we're here to talk to somebody we just talked to a couple of episodes ago because we had such a great conversation. I thought I'd bring him back, and we talk about some more cool stuff, and my guest is Adam Danielski. Adam, thanks for being back here. Thanks, thanks again. Always a pleasure. It is a pleasure. And this time, so last time we talked about your Kickstarter project, Grin, and all of that. But this time, uh, we're going to talk, just you and I, we're going to talk about marketing Kickstarter projects. Because there's a kind of a whole science around it. And some of it's not necessarily intuitive. And so there's some ideas. And that's what we wanted to talk about. Sound good? That sounds great. So let's talk first about um, you had when you launched your kickstarter project you did the classic oh put out the kickstarter project then go look for fans right that yeah that's correct yeah and uh you decided that probably wasn't a good idea (laughs) yeah after after i uh found my initial backers had stopped coming in uh and I really didn't have a, a way to get more backers to come in. So I started scrambling and looking for ways and uh, kind of using my marketing background to figure out ways and new avenues to gather people to, uh, to my project. So what were some of the – because you came up with some creative ones. What were some of the ones that, that worked for you? So the first thing I did outside of the normal social networking uh, stuff, creating a, a Facebook project and, and stuff like that, was to look at my project and then uh, kind of just start uh, start at Google and look at uh, places that were within the genre and would be you know reaching out to people that would be interested in in, in my topic of. Uh, writing which would be Alice in Wonderland and uh, fans of, of that genre and the characters. And okay, what. so hang on. So for our listeners, what do you mean you went to Google and, and checked it out? What, what was it that you were looking at? So I basically typed in any search terms that I possibly could find that would, that would bring up results for uh, places where uh, people that were fans would congregate. Okay. So, so forums – Forums, fan clubs. Uh, I, I even uh, wrote to local newspapers, news agencies. Um, uh, wrote into uh, AOL's The Patch uh, for news stories. Uh, reached out to the local TV news. Um, anything that I could find on Google is where I started. I, I was really, uh, really struggling at this point, and I didn't really know where to where to reach out to, and so I, I kind of fell back on. Uh, what I knew and kind what I old knew school, was old school stuff. Search. What's that? Sorry, was to was to just do a Google search for it, and then kind of pursue that old school. Did you get any success from reaching out to to, to traditional media? Uh, I did in uh, in some very uh, very minor capacities. I, it was it was very for the amount of time that I spent. 
it probably did not uh, it, it did not warrant a, a great uh, uh, cost. But what, what kind? Of, so when you say in a minor capacity, uh, so maybe it was maybe ten backers I reached out to um, in that capacity, uh, give or take uh, a few. No. So what I mean is, that it, so did you get picked up by a local paper or local media or radio or anything? I did. So I got picked up by the. Uh, some local uh, websites and uh, one of the local papers that uh, is local to my area, which is Watsonville. Okay. And that's one of the things I've actually talked about on the show is that, you know, I live in San Jose trying to get, yeah, I'm going to get the San Jose and Mercury news to pay attention to my Kickstarter project. Not going to happen. But oftentimes something to not overlook is local community papers, right? Right, exactly. And so uh, the one thing that I reached out to first was a, a website called The Patch, which uh, has local uh, local blogs in almost every community now. And what people don't realize is it's an AOL company. And so not only did I reach out to Watsonville, but I reached out to about 50 other surrounding communities as well that they did not uh, share with me that, that my uh, my link would show up there, but it, it ended up there and it reached out to that that many people. So I'm looking online just so people who are listening. Are we talking about blog.patch.com? Uh, yeah. So I think like my local ones like watsonville.patch.com and uh, there's a there's probably a few. You know, it's basically like your city at uh, .thepatch.com. Okay. So I'm going – oh, here we go. Hi there. We're Patch, your source of local knowledge you can't live without. Browse California. Oh, well, jump right there, and then let's see. I'm in uh, San Jose. I know we don't have a whole lot, but let's take a look here. So you're in oh, Watsonville. There you are right there. Let's go to Watsonville. So if I click on Watsonville, what am I looking at? So you're basically looking at a, a combined uh, community events calendar and uh, curated news stories specific uh, to the the general area that you're in. Really? Yeah, and it's it's a great resource because it reaches the community, but it also reaches uh, surrounding communities. Because while you're in San Jose, there's probably also one for Santa Clara, uh, more specifically for uh, probably directly to the area that you live in. Uh, it might even go as far as a, a suburb. Sure, and I see here there's a story here the Santa Cruz Jail, so Santa Cruz is is close to you. Um, so. Let me go back to Patch because it looks like this covers um, – so for our listeners, it's Patch, like a patch, like a nicotine patch, whatever way you want to describe it. Patch.com, you go out there and it's going to allow you – it looks like it looks like we've got Washington and California on the west coast. We've got Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin all in the center. Ohio, New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland – most of – and then the South Atlantic, so Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. So it doesn't look like all the states, but if you're in one of those states, it looks like you can go and use that. Right, and it's it's very uh, very open because they give you the tools that you need to contact the main area rep for that uh, – that curates that patch uh, for your for your area. So all it, it provides you with an email address for the local people. And when I contacted them, it took them about a week to get back to me. And somebody contacted me and said, hey, we want to do the story. Um, let's set up a time and date to kind of go over an interview and uh, go with it. Cool. 
Okay, so that one that one's cool. I love learning stuff on my own show. This is awesome. <laughs> okay. So then uh, what else did you try? So and then after that, um, I started talking with people um, about who had uh, who have marketing backgrounds and stuff like that. And they actually turned me on to a website called Fiverr. Um, and I had seen uh, this website uh, uh, on uh, Tosh.0 and some popular uh, – and some other like daytime uh, and, uh, right. TV and, and, programs. And people spell that – and you spell that F-I-V-E-R. Uh, actually, F-I-V-E-R-R. F-I-V-E-R-R.com. There we go. Yes. So here we are on Fiverr. So tell people, tell the listeners, what is Fiverr? Because I've heard of Fiverr, and I've been thinking about it, but you actually had taken advantage of it. So what did you do with Fiverr? Right. So with Fiverr, basically it's a website where people like myself or anybody, they have uh, a talent or a a resource that they're willing to um, allow you to utilize for $5, whether it's uh, video editing services, giving testimonials for products, uh, drawing something for you, writing something for you, proofreading something for you. Uh, it's all on there, um, and you just pay $5, and uh, they have a time limit, and they basically uh, send you back whatever you need in that time limit, and it's it's yours to keep. So I utilized a lot of the social networking outlets uh, because I didn't have a lot of uh, – I didn't have my I, I I don't have my blog anymore and stuff like that, so I didn't really have a uh, a way to reach out to a large group of backers, and so there were a lot of uh, social networking um, uh, Fiverr uh, gigs that I could utilize that allowed me to reach out to tens of thousands of people uh, in a very minimal effort for a very minimal cost. And basically, I found that if I spent $5 and I got at least $10 back from just one person, uh, it was a worthwhile investment into the end goal for my, uh, for my project. Wow. Wow. And I'm out here. So I'm out on Fiverr right now. So those people are looking, F-I-V, who are listening, F-I-V-E-R-R, I type in Kickstarter. I will provide a detailed planning checklist for a Kickstarter campaign for 5 bucks. And there's a whole bunch of those. Right. I will share your Kickstarter or charity with 95,000 Twitter followers for five bucks. Yeah, and when I, when I started mine, uh, there wasn't uh, specific to Kickstarter. There weren't any projects uh, that you could buy for $5 specific to Kickstarter. It wasn't until after my project ended um, that these started coming up and people started realizing that uh, you know, there, there are people on Kickstarter that need help. You know, and the service that you provide, Richard, and uh, you know, and just getting the word of your project out there is is a very important part of the the project process. It is. Wow. Wow. This is kind of cool. Okay. And, so Fiverr's kind of cool. Yeah. So I and I actually uh, somebody had come to me on Twitter and said, "Hey, uh, you know, I don't have very many backers. I, I'm looking to increase." Uh, to increase uh, my views to my page, uh, what can I do? And I was like, well, here, here's something. I, I'm not telling people that I'm using this right off the bat because I don't want it to look like I'm spending more money than I'm bringing in for my project. I'm like, but Fiverr is a real way to do it. And she, uh, she went out and she started using it, and it actually uh, you know, helped her a lot in getting her project funded because she didn't really have uh, the skills to put out a video 
uh, and do all that. And so she, uh, you know, basically hired somebody on Fiverr to, to make her a more professional looking video, uh, and, uh, you know, utilizing some of the other, uh, get your project out there to X amount of people and stuff like that. And so she utilized those and, uh, you know, she basically emailed me and I, I didn't know her before I, I started my Kickstarter project. Uh, we met through the Kickstarter project and she emailed me and she said, I, I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't suggested this to me. Well, how cool is that? So, yeah, it's, you know, it's all about helping each other out and sharing knowledge. Okay, so uh, you were learning a ton and this was all happening after you launched your project. Right. Yeah, there's nothing like a sense of urgency to cause you to get creative, is there? No, no, definitely not. And uh, and the one thing that I learned is that you know you you never stop during the life of your project. Like if you if you do a 60 day project, every day of that 60 days, you're out there looking for marketing, doing marketing, and spending time with marketing. And you're you're your own marketing department. You and that's the way you kind of gotta treat it. Because if you don't, you know, nobody, nobody is coming to your page without, you know, without you doing something to bring them in, uh, unless you somehow get the, the magical uh, staff pick uh, on Kickstarter that so many people, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I've had the staff. Two of my projects have had the staff pick. And I feel a little blessed for that, but I think that's because the nature of my projects, right? I had a podcast about Kickstarter on Kickstarter. So yeah, I got a staff pick. And staff picks are more of just a like a fairy godmother waving her wand and saying, "You are my favorite this, you know, today." Honestly, it, for me it had very little financial impact on either I had two projects, very little. It was very flattering, but it had very little financial impact. And that's what I've yeah. talked to a lot of people. Yeah, I think the the one thing people don't realize is that as your project gets closer toward the end of its uh, of its life cycle, uh, I noticed this with mine uh, as I got closer to the end and my my project became more visible. I actually got more people from Kickstarter um, from the fiction section, uh, which which is where my book was placed. Uh, donating and seeing that the links were coming directly from the Discover Fiction uh, area, and by the, within the last three days, I was the number one uh, fiction project uh, at the back. Despite the fact that I, I barely made my goal, I was still the number one project. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and I would say if you're looking, if you're really set on the staff pick and you want that exposure, go. KickTrack has ads that you can buy to get in front of all those people who are searching. You know, they get a million views a month. Go pay a hundred bucks and get yourself in front of them instead of hoping and figure and you know agonizing over why Kickstarter won't put you on their staff picks. So that that you know, in your case, yeah, you got good exposure, but I think people agonize over that way too much. Right, I, I think so too. Uh, especially looking at a lot of forums, uh, I, I saw a lot of posting about, "Hey, why why won't Kickstarter give me this staff pick? Or what is, what what do I need to do to get this staff pick?" And and really, there's no magical answer. It's you know, it's the best projects. You have to have a real professional look to it. Your grammar and spelling has to be right on. 
Um, there's a lot of things that you can do to, to kind of help it, but there's no guaranteed magic bullet that's going to say, hey, this is going to get you to the front of the Kickstarter page or this is going to get them to post your, your project as the project of the day. Right. That's right. What else do you got here? We've only got a couple more minutes. Any other marketing uh, tips? This has been really good stuff. So the, the one thing, the one tried and true method that, that I did um, – that I did across social networking is I realized that people don't pay attention to social networking. Uh, when you're like on Facebook, nobody's, nobody's reading your wall post constantly. And so you're, you know, I have, I think I have 500 friends and family on my Facebook and I realized that maybe 10 people actually, uh, and I was posting it every single day on my wall. And I realized that, uh, nobody was coming and like my family hadn't even heard about it. They were, they were curious as to, you know, like why they were just hearing about it 10 days from the end of it. And so, uh, so I realized about 20 days in um, that I needed to reach out to them directly. And so I started creating uh, through my Facebook uh, email list basically of, uh, you know, so that I could send a direct message to a massive amount of people. A lot of people don't realize that you can send a message to, uh, you know, 50 people on Facebook in these chunks. And so I drafted up a, a letter um, explaining what was going on, what it was uh, that I was doing and raising money for and sent it out via Facebook uh, as a direct message instead of just posting it on my wall. And what so happened? Ensuring that people were actually reading it. And I think this is what people have the hardest time about is because it's essentially going to them and humbling yourself enough to ask them for money. And some of it was, you know, uh, it could be uh, somebody as close as my grandmother to somebody five times removed that I knew uh, back in high school that I had a class with that we just so happened connected on Facebook. And, you know, you wouldn't believe the amount of backers that I got from from doing that one thing. Wow. Uh, and, and they even mentioned to me and said, if you had not sent me this direct message, I would have never known about your project. That's very cool. You know, you've given us some great content. That's a great one because people always talk about, well, I put it on Facebook and nobody seems to be responding. What a great idea just to craft a message. Don't spam them, but craft a message and send it directly to them. Right. And it only takes one message. You know, they're, you know, they're going to see that, that right. message pop up. And anytime they go into that folder, they're going to see that they have a message from you. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it cool. really works. It's, it's almost like viral marketing. It is. Adam, this has been awesome. You've given us some great content. Fiverr, uh, Patch, um, Facebook, awesome stuff. You know, Our time is up. Should we do this again? Because I know we've got more, right? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I could, I could definitely uh, do another one where I could share some, uh, uh, I mean, even deeper, like just going into the specifics of how I uh, – how I was on Twitter every day. Um, we'll do that. We'll have you back again, good. and uh, we'll talk about that. I appreciate you being on the show again. No problem. I appreciate you, uh, you having me, and uh, I, I enjoy it as always. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, Episode 95, Adam Danielski, and we've been talking about some clever, creative marketing ways to get your market message out there. And if you are a game designer, uh, Slugfest was our uh, sponsor at the opening of the show, Impressions. Aldo Gyatze, who owns Impressions, and if you have a board game that you've got funded on Kickstarter and you want to get it into distributors and retailers, Impressions is the one to, to be talking to. They're our sponsor. You can go find them on uh, Google, 
But Impressions is the uh, company to help you get your board game into markets. We also have an Impressions vidcast that you can find on YouTube. Go out to the Game Whisperer and you'll see a link. I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you to Adam. And thank you all for uh, being supportive of Funding the Dream. That's the time. Time's up. We will talk to you next time. This is Richard Bliss. Take care.